2: NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by BetMGM. I am your host, Josh Harris. Joining me, as always, for this randomly small five-game Thursday slate is Slim Cliffy. How are we doing today, Cliffy?
3: Not too bad, man. Yeah, it is pretty weird to see a five-game Thursday slate. Um, I know we've had some pretty weird scheduling in the last couple weeks, especially around the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, Not sure exactly what's going on in the NHL. We'll talk about uh, Nashville in a second. They're on the slate going into Tampa Bay. They've had a weird schedule lately as well. They had those two games postponed because, um because of a flooding in the arena. So they effectively went a week at the end of November without a game. And then they play, uh, they play two or three games or something like that. And then the NHL had them scheduled for a week off. This team hasn't played since last Friday. So, Nashville's, uh, uh, over the last three weeks, give or take, Nashville's had two weeks off, which is pretty weird for a team uh, in the middle of the NHL season. I guess not as weird um, as we've seen with COVID pauses, uh, uh, specifically uh, last season, but we haven't had those issues this year. This is just uh, scheduling plus a flood. I want to know why they landed on five games today. Like, it just feels Feels pretty weird to only have five games on a Thursday. Um, I don't know. I guess there is a, a pretty big DraftKings tournament. Well, not pretty big, but a, a significant, let's call it, uh, DraftKings tournament uh, that we have tonight. And it, I, last I checked, it was getting pretty close to filling, about 75%. So that's a good sign. Um, why don't you tell some of the people about that?
2: Yeah. And ooh, I got some glitter on my hat. <laughs> Very nice. Um, yeah. But random five game slate tonight. Random 10 game slate tomorrow. Um, maybe Gary Bettman just got his days confused, which is certainly possible. He should watch more Sesame Street since he is the count. He probably can figure out what day of the week it is. Let's look at this contest here. We have a they added a new MME contest, a $5.150 max because we've been clamoring for it because the 15 is just ridiculous. And anyone who enters the 15 with 150 will also enter the five with 150 um it is a $5 150 max a 22 and a half thousand dollar prize pool called the Poke check special which is a small gpp really but like it gives people an mme option to go 150 for $750 instead of $2250 which is a huge difference and it's currently th- um 30 about 3800 entrants in there right now the prize pool or the the cap is 5,300. So it should, it's on pace to fill. And if it fills, hopefully they grow it a little bit. I'm not expecting it to grow like massively, but if we can get like, you know, five, seven and a half, 10 K to first with like a, you know, $30,000 prize pool, that is a nice MME option going forward. It even got me off the MME couch. I'm putting 150 in there tonight. I have some, uh, been asking Jake and our, our our pal Mr. G, some and you um fantasy cruncher questions all day. They're probably gonna be tired of me, they're probably gonna block me and ignore me, but so far so good. I'm running a crunch right now, and it it's actually spitting out 150, which is insane considering the rules I put in, which is fun. I'm gonna mess around with it. We do have some news that we have to get through before I start like actually getting a CSV going, but got 150 on the first try. They're real players in real lineups. We'll see how it goes. The Twitter tells me it's impossible to lose with 150. So we'll see yeah, how
3: exactly. You have 150 lineups; you can play every combination there is.
2: I'm also a diva, so I got a nice, huge glass of water here.
3: Yeah, that's that's not a glass; that's closer to a goblet, I think.
2: There's a goblet of H2O.
3: Yeah, um, yeah. If anybody um, may be new to MME. Um, I mean, one of the reasons this is a nice contest is it gives a price point between the 50 cent uh 150 max and the fifteen dollar one fifty max, right? Like it gives you something uh to max out, um, you know, other than paying $75 or $22,250, which is, you know, a little bit of a difference. So it is nice to have that. Um, we do have a video up on the stochastic DFS YouTube channel that I did before the season um about how to use Fantasy Cruncher. I'm Maybe talking a little bit fast in the video. I tend to do that um, when I. It, a- it was
2: very. It was very good. I. I <laughs> even understood it. I have an IQ of two. I was born next to a nuclear power plant, so if <laughs> I can do it, all y'all can do it.
3: Yeah, so so go check that out. Maybe if you're new to MME, uh, specifically playing 150 lineups, um, that's Jake, up there. We'll be in Discord, obviously.
2: Jake just put the link in the chat, so if you want to check it out. What a what a what a good guy Jake is having that queued up.
3: Yeah. Staying on top of things. Um, and and we'll be, we'll be, we'll be in discord for the members um, that might have any questions uh, moving forward. But yeah, it's a, it's a nice contest to have. Hopefully you can get filled even if it doesn't grow that much, even if it just stays at like 5,500 entries and, you know, 25 or K pool or whatever it might be. I, I think just having that option would be nice uh, for NHL, but yeah. Um, pretty wild slate last night. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we joke uh, with an early goal or two, oh, slate's over, shut the laptop, you know, uh, go do something else, et cetera, et cetera. But it all, honestly, in all honesty, the slate was over in about 20
1: minutes last night.
3: Yeah, um, yeah uh, Tage Thompson, four goals and an assist in the first period, added another goal in the second period, finished the game with five goals, one assist, over 70 DraftKings points. Um, I Obviously, I didn't have Tage Thompson last night. Uh, my lineup finished with fewer than 80 points. So Tage Thompson nearly outscored my entire lineup last night as I game stacked Edmonton and Ottawa. Just like one of the, I mean, it's a second six point game of the season, which is just bananas to think about. Um, but yeah, just one of those games that just happens out of nowhere. Um, it feels bad if you don't have them. Um, you know, Connor McDavid did his best to drag everybody uh from the from the depths anybody that stacked Edmonton last night he had a four point game but uh it, it, a four point game felt like a letdown compared to what we saw from Tage Thompson and the thing is is it wasn't just Tage either right like Alex Tuck had a goal and three assists um Rasmus Dahlin had a goal and two assists um Dylan Cousins had a goal and two assists Jeff Skinner had four assists like Everybody on the top, like the top power play unit, had 20 points last night. <laughs> um, you weren't getting anywhere without those guys. So, if you had them, congratulations. If you didn't, um, you probably got a good night's sleep last night because you weren't uh, uh, sweating hockey uh, into the early morning.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't have Tage Thompson in GPPs or cash. GPP, I suffered because of it. Cash, I surprisingly faced a boatload of Tage Thompson but somehow managed to survive that because a lot of them had a go- Yorgiev maybe. I don't know, but I, I did all right in cash, TPPs. I, even though I had McDavid and I had Cousins and I had Olmark, I was like three miles left of the green. So we're back at it tonight. We like this five-gamer Um Let's get into it. But before we do, give us a like and subscribe so you can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts go. When our shows go live, don't forget, we are available on podcast form on the platform of your choice. Help us out by leaving a five-star review. What does that say? Oh. Oh. Um, yeah, so we have a five – sorry, I'm, I'm like a squirrel today. Yesterday I was like lacking energy. Today I, I have ADD. Let's get into this slate. The Los Angeles Kings with a – there it is. We are off to a rip-roaring start. 2.7 total. Heading into Toronto. The Maple Leafs have a 3.4 total. A- Avery's laughing at me. Phoenix Copley is probable. Elias Ansonoff is confirmed. Arthur Kaliev still up on the top line. Uh, yeah. And it looks like the Leafs lines are the same. Nicholas Robertson hanging up in there in the top six. Avery's just, you know, killing me right now.
3: Sorry. Um, got disconnected somehow. Don't know what happened there.
2: Oh, I didn't hear you. I didn't. Yeah. Well, here you are. I, there is, like now the Kings lines are kind of, there's like three lines you can play here. Um, because now Adrian Kempe is a center on DraftKings. On the Leaf side, we're still with those ridiculous. Oh, they're not ridiculous lines; they've been working. But the you know Matthews is still with Nylander, Tavares is still with Marner. I don't know if I'll full stack. You know the Leafs lines here. I would power play stack them. Kings penalty kill not great. Um, Kings have a lowish total, but it is two point seven on the road. I think there's stuff to like on both sides.
3: Yeah, um, the, only, the only road team with a reasonable total today is Winnipeg. Um, we'll get to them later. Every other team's 2.7 or 2.8. So if, if you're playing a road team that's not Winnipeg, you're just going to have to deal um, with that total. Uh, yeah, I wrote up John Tavares. You mentioned um, the Kings penalty call, the Toronto power play. I did write up John Tavares in the picks article. Uh, up on stochastic.com just head to the NHL section free to read for anybody that wants to check it out I did write about John Tavares Um, he's having his best offensive season since his first year um, in Toronto at least to this point Um, he's pacing for uh, 40 goals and over uh, 80 points um, which would be a really good year from him Um, a big reason he's scoring so much um, is the power play Um, he has been really uh, a, a big part of that power play, which, you know,
1: he,
3: he has had good power play seasons in the past, but um, you know, you typically think of Austin Matthews or maybe uh, even your old buddy, Mitch Marner, when it comes to power play production. Uh, but Tavares is already up to seven power play goals this year. Um, he only had 10 all of last year. He had six the year before that in that bubble season with 56 games. So he already has more goal, power play goals this year. Than he did two years ago in and fewer, and fewer than half the games. Um, he's really been a difference maker with the man advantage. And it's not a big shooting percentage bender either. Um, yeah, he is at a four-year high um, in shooting percentage at 14.1% overall. But I was looking at his uh, power play numbers for his entire career, basically. And he's shooting more per minute on the power play than he ever has before. Um, and it's not really close. Um, and it's only his third best shooting percentage on the power play of his career. So he's shooting a lot more. He's not necessarily the most efficient he's ever been, but he's on pace to have far and away his best power play season. He has just been really absolutely dynamic with the man advantage. So knowing, thinking about all that and knowing all that, it kind of lends me to go into Toronto too, which would be with Marner and Robertson. Now, they don't have a huge sample together. Um, you know, Tavares and Robertson have played a bit together this year, not so much with Marner because that Marner Nylander switch just came recently. Um, but they, you know, they have been what we've kind of de- described them as being um, this entire season. They've been really good offensively, but they also give it up uh, on the defensive end. So we could probably expect a pretty high pace uh, between that um, Toronto second line and the King's second line that Arvidson. Uh, Deneau and more lines so um, I'm expecting some pretty big fireworks when those two lines are on the ice so I do like Toronto two here tonight but I kind of agree with you that I think I would lean towards a power play stack um, in that picks article what I did write up um, about the Kings power plays on the season uh, across the NHL 20th in shots allowed 29th in goals allowed per minute um, over just the last four weeks, 27th in shots allowed, 31st in goal, goals allowed. Like they're second, they're allowing the second most goals per minute. Uh, when they're down a man, uh, in the NHL over the last four weeks, the penalty kill just keeps on getting worse. Um, they don't give up a ton of power plays, they're around league average for the season. Um, but when you're that bad, and Toronto's power play has typically been very good, um you know, just three or four power plays can result in a, in, in a couple goals against. So um, I really do like Toronto too. I, I agree with you. I would lean more towards some sort of power play stack. And I think, you know, you just include Matthews along with them. So like a Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, something like that. Um, it's the two centers that I really do like. In this game, it's kind of hard to get away from Marner when he's on, what, like a 20-game point streak at this point? And he's actually starting to shoot the puck a little bit as well. Um, you know, on a slate this small, I think you're fine to just five-man stack the entire top power play unit as well. Put, you know, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, and Rasmus Sandin. Put them all on there if you want. Um, there are only 10 teams on this slate here tonight. And uh, Toronto does uh, have a 3.4 total. I, I don't know you know, the Los Angeles goaltending kind of is what it is. Um, You know, Peterson's still down in the AHL. Jonathan quick. Hasn't been very good. Phoenix Copley has been in and out of the NHL. I think for very good reason, Um, this could be a a pretty good offensive game from the Leafs. So I do like some sort of power play stack best. If I was going to stack an even strength line, it would be Robertson to and burner, but I'd probably try to find a way to get Matthews and those guys in the lineup.
0: Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage?
3: The danger of small-ish samples. It's not a tiny sample of the Bunting-Matthews-Nylander line together. 125 minutes is probably about 10 games worth uh, at 5-on-5 when you consider uh, the ice time levels that Bunting gets. 3.1 expected goals against per 60 minutes. Um, That was one of the reasons why I did like Dallas um, in that last game when uh, Toronto was in Dallas and Dallas ended up getting shut out and Matt Murray ended up having one of the best games in modern NHL regular season history, Uh, but 3.1 expected goals against only 0.9 actual goals against. And it's because that goaltending has just been absolutely absurd for the Leafs over the last few weeks. Um, I think um, the Kings top line is in play here um, because I don't, you know, they did get TJ Brody back, but uh, the Leafs are still a little bit banged up on the blue line um you know Sandine and little still playing a ton of minutes Uh, maybe their minutes go down a little bit with Brody back we'll see but um you know fiala and kopitar have been very very good together this year um expected goals um i believe north of three goal scoring north of three um they just started arthur kaliev who you know didn't have a great first game there he only had one shot on goal i think no points but um has typically been very good this year um you know, uh Kopitar and Fiala play like 18, 20 minutes, both on the top power play unit. Toronto's pen- penalty kill has typically, typically been good, uh, but the Kings do draw more power plays per game than the Leafs do. And, you know, maybe the Kings can get like four chances or something on, on, the, on the PP here. Um, you know, Fiala, Kopitar um, and Kaliev not coming in with that much ownership, uh, coming in at around 5% owned, which I think is perfectly acceptable um, on a five-game slate. I think both Kings top lines are in play here. Um, It feels chasing points to go to Kings 2 because of what Arvidsson did in the last game. But I do like both the Kings top lines. Um, I would probably just lean to the line that I think would get a little bit more ice time and that'd be uh, Fiala, Kopitar, Kalia. But Kings 1 and Kings 2 I think are both very playable here um, as mid-tier lines. Um, It's just I like the Toronto power play the best in this game.
2: Yeah, hard to ignore the Toronto power play here. I do like the Kings. Like the road teams totals are very low, like you mentioned. Predators haven't played since like Thanksgiving, it feels like. Um, so yeah, I I don't mind getting to some Kings here. Especially with that top like if if Matt Murray had an average game the other night, like the Dallas Dow- or the Dallas top line would have scored like four goals. So I don't know. I I, I don't mind going back to the King's top line here where their ownership is fairly decent. It's coming in around 5%, so I think that's fine. Before we get to the blue line, I see we have a super chat put up on the screen. Our our pal, Nihas, just gave us some money without asking a question.
3: Thanks. I mean, we'll take take it, yeah. Yeah. Anybody just wants to dump money into us, um, we'll absolutely take it.
2: Thanks. Thanks, the maybe, we'll, maybe me and Cliffy will go to Denny's and get a Grand Slam tomorrow. I oh,
3: Haven't been to a Denny's in a long, long time.
2: I have never been to a Denny's.
3: What? How's that possible? And I live in Canada.
2: I don't know. I don't know.
3: Weird. All right.
2: I don't know. Anyway.
3: I feel like that should be on your list of things to do in 2023.
2: Yeah, or I have gout. I don't know if adding Denny's to the to the portfolio <laughs> is a great idea.
3: <laughs> yeah, me. All right, that's a good point.
2: <laughs> Let's get to the blue lines here. Um, if you're going to use Kings, want to think Drew Doughty's fine at 4,800. Like that price is fine. Like Sean Durzi is hundred dollars cheaper. As you dropped into Discord, he has 12 points in his last 10 games. On the Leaf side, I think Giordano's still fine at 4,200. Sandin 3,200 with the uh, top power play. Justin Hole also fine.
3: Yeah, Rasmus Sandin was the guy that I mentioned uh, in that Picks article. He's been playing more minutes. Like I said, I don't know how TJ Brody's gonna going to affect that, but it's the power play more than anything that you'd be um, getting him for or rostering him for. Um, it wouldn't necessarily be those even strength minutes. So, yeah, I really do uh, like Sandin here tonight. Drew Doughty, I was looking through his season. He has one game this season with more than three shots, and I think it was his first game of the year. Um, uh, so Drew Doughty, I, like he's incredibly point reliant. And as, um, somebody mentioned, yeah, as Greg mentioned in our chat, uh, and it's something we brought up on prior shows, King's second power play unit, uh, the one with, uh, Dursey, uh, and Arvidson and Dano and those guys getting more ice time and scoring more often than the King's top, you know, quote, top power play unit. So uh, I do like Dersey um, here in this game. Um, a little bit more than Doughty, but if you want to correlate Doughty with Kings one or something like that, I wouldn't object to it
2: for sure. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Nashville predators with a 2.8 total heading into Tampa Bay. The lightning have a 3.6 UC Saros probable Brian Elliott confirmed Tampa mixing up their lines at morning escape. Brandon Hagel, Braden point is with Anthony Sorelli. Nick Paul's in between Stamkos and Kucherov. That is interesting. Um, Rest of the lines don't really matter. Predators, I don't know if they skated, but their last game they had Grandlin, and Duchesne, then Forrestburg, Sissons, Juneau. Like If Vasilevsky was a net, I would almost just be like, nah, I don't want any Predators. But Brian Elliott's a net. That's a big step down. As my crunch just finished, and I only have 6.7% Yossi, so I don't think I clicked the rule that says use Jake's defensive numbers we'll have to check on that but this is a tampa game for me but with brian elliott net i think you kind of you don't have to full stack anything but maybe you consider some power play guys on the pred side
3: yeah um i will get to nashville in a second um i was prepared to just completely x them out um with Vassy starting but like you said with brian elliott in net Um, It does change things up a a little bit. Like, I know Vasilevsky hasn't had the best season, uh, but L.E. 6 save percentage on the year, and he's given up uh, 17 goals in his last five games, like well over three goals per game. So um, you can't just completely ignore uh, Nashville here. I'll start. We'll start with the with the Tampa lines. Hagel Point, Sorelli. I gotta think that line is the one that's going to be used in a shutdown matchup, right? Like I think that's why they're putting Point and Sorelli together without either Stamkos or Kucherov. It's to get Stamkos and Kucherov um, softer matchups. Now I don't know exactly how that's going to work out in this one.
2: Like, not matters, to be honest. <laughs> That's
3: kind of what I was <laughs> getting at. Like, I'm not sure it, it makes a huge deal of uh, which line you match up against Nashville. I think it's just something uh, to look forward to. And another thing that we brought up um, when Nashville had that time off because uh, because of that um, leak or that water flood or leak or whatever uh, at their arena, um, before COVID hit, the NHL used to have bye weeks. And one of the things they found after a few years of bye weeks is that teams coming off the bye, having, you know, more than five days off, typically perform pretty poorly in their first game back, which kind of makes sense, right? Like you're getting out of your rhythm of, um, you know, and your normal habits of what you would do if you're on the road or at home, um, you know, what you might eat, when you might sleep, um, you know, practice and all those things like you just do kind of get out of a rhythm a little bit. And there's, you know, there's not a ton of data, but there's like four years worth of bye weeks, I think, um, where they show that teams coming off the bye just really performed extremely poorly, whether offensively, whether uh, just winning games, uh, it didn't really matter. think Nashville's already had that happen to them, right? Like when they returned um, from their most recent uh, week off, I guess, uh, when they had that flood, they beat Anaheim but it was 2-1 in overtime right and Anaheim's i mean it's tough to say they're the worst defensive team in hockey having just watched that Columbus Buffalo game last night but they're close to it if they're not the worst team in hockey and it it just kind of highlights um some struggles teams can have when they do have <coughs> pardon me when they do have an extended break so i you know i think you just go uh, to the Tampa side here tonight i'm wondering what um what ownership is going to look like here because they do have new lines and they also ran new power plays, um, new power play units at practice this morning. The top power play was uh, Hagel, Perry, Kucherov, and Stamkos with Victor Hedman. And then Sorelli, Nick Paul, Alex Kalorn, Ross Colton with Mikhail Sergachev. Now you'll notice we didn't say Braden Point there. They didn't have Braden Point on either of the power play units. Um, They had him penalty killing. After the practice, the coach didn't outright say that, yes, Point will be on the power play, but he said he wanted to give the penalty kill a different look, which I think makes sense. Um, One thing that we've been harping on um, for about a month now on this show is that the Tampa Bay penalty kill has really looked shaky a lot of the times, and I think you know maybe they just wanted to give Braden Point an extended look um, on that penalty kill, um, give him some extra work. It's just where is he going to slot on the power play? My guess um, is he goes to that top power play unit with Stamkos, Kucherov, and Hagel and replaces Corey Perry. Uh, but maybe he replaces Hagel, and Corey Perry just just like, kind of like a net front guy for them or something like that, right? So don't know exactly what's going to happen. I'm assuming Point's just going to stay on the top power play unit with Kucherov and Stamkos, but obviously that breaks up that power play unit. Um, so you have uh, Hagel and Point on the top line on the top power play unit, Stamkos Kucherov on the second line. So that's why I wondered, like, do people stay away from B- Braden Point, thinking that he's not going to be on the power play? Um, do people just, you know, stack Point Kucherov, Stamkos, and then leave Hagel out that type of thing? So I'm ex- kind of interested to see how ownership works out uh, in this game. I was looking historically how Kucherov and Stamkos have done without Braden Point, and like, no surprise, pretty well. Uh, 170 minutes together uh, without Braden Point as their center over the last three years. 3.2 expected goals for 4.3 actual goals for um, those are really good offensive numbers at five on five. And the Nashville penalty kill, not very good. Um, It's been that way pretty much all season. Uh, They do take a lot of penalties as well. 3.6 times shorthanded per game. Uh, Tampa Bay is amongst the league leaders in drawing power plays. So Tampa should see a lot of power plays in this one, especially with Nashville coming off that long playoff. So if I had to just even strength stack line, it would probably be Paul Stamkos and Kucherov. But I think I'll pro- the, the the approach I would take would be something like we just talked about with, with Toronto, where you include uh, the power play guys across two even strength lines. So you put point with Stamkos and Kucherov, you put point, Hagel with Stamkos and Kucherov. You do something like that. Um, it's not even that expensive to stack them, especially especially if you use Hagel, where he's under 5K. Victor Hedman is only 5K on DraftKings. Um, we'll talk about the defenseman in a little bit, but I do like the Tampa power play guys here, um, specifically the top PP unit. If you're worried about point, then just don't use them. Just do like a Kuch, Stamkos, uh, Hedman power play stack, and then just be on your way. But I, I do think point will be there on the Nashville side. What do we do? I have to think they're going to use that Hagel Point-Sorelli line as the shutdown line against Granlin and Duchesne. Now, whether that's actually what they do, who knows. Um, Don't know exactly how this is going to work out with Nashville just recently changing their lines, um, with Nashville having so much time off, with Tampa just changing their lines. It is kind of a, a little bit wonky, but here's what one thing I did look up was Duchesne and Granlin have actually played a lot without Philip Forsberg over the last few years. And I don't think anybody will be surprised, but without Philip Forsberg, their offensive numbers are pretty bad. Um, Granlin and Duchesne in over 400 minutes together, five on five, 2.3 expected goals for 1.4 actual goals for they're just not scoring. They're not really generating that much when they're on the ice. Um, So I'd be out on Granlin, Harsinan and Duchesne here in this game. Uh, if anything, it would probably go to that Forsberg citizens, you line. line, um, you know, Forsberg and Janelle haven't really played that well together uh, in, in their sample. Um,
1: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh baby. Mama's bringing
0: home the bacon.
1: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case,
2: I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: But I have a feeling that coast and Kutroff are going to be a pretty high event line, even with Nick Paul there. Um, you know, Forsberg is a guy that can just go out and get you two goals with the shot bonus on DraftKings by himself without, you know, Nashville doing a whole lot around him. So, at the least, I don't mind Forsberg as kind of like a contrarian-ish one-off here tonight. Don't mind if you want a two-man and with Janot or something like that. That's about it that I would do for Nashville. And I'll be honest, I don't have a lot of interest in that team in general.
2: Yeah. In one to three, I think the decision is easy. Just to fade natural here in one fifty, if I can figure out how to do what I want with them, it'll, it'll probably be pretty low owned. Yossi, on the other hand, I might have a fair bit about, what, fair bit of. So let's get to the blue line here. Eighty seven hundred Yossi, I think, is fine. It's expensive. Not going to go out of my way to force him in, but you know, if he's there, he's there. I think Eklom's fine at 3,500, uh, Carrier at 2,800's fine. On the um, Tampa side, Victor Hedman all the way down to 5K, now is on the top power play unit. Kind of figured that was going to happen at some point. 5K is a good price there. If not, that's probably about it. You're muted.
3: Yep, yeah, whoops, forgot to unmute myself again. Um, should mention that game when Nashville did return against that break when they had those that flood in the ring. It was Yossi that carried them to the win pretty much single handedly. Um, he had a goal, six shots, five blocks. That's just a monster <laughs> fantasy game. Um, so yeah, I don't mind Yossi as uh, an expensive defenseman here tonight. He's probably the only Nashville guy that, I, that I'm really heavily considering on the Tampa side. Yeah, it. It's probably Victor Hedman um, or nothing for me. I was looking at Sergachev's uh, numbers this year. Um, I think it's over half his points have come on the power play this year. So if you take that top power play away from him, how much value does he actually have? So I don't want to pay the extra nine hundred for head, for Sergachev on FanDuel, and I certainly or on DraftKings, and I certainly don't want to pay seventy three hundred for Sergachev um, on FanDuel. So. I think Ian Cole, if you need like a really cheap defenseman, I think he's passable, but I, I it's Victor Hedman or Yosi. I, I think, out of this one. I'll mention Alexandra Carrier as well, just because he's been playing more minutes um, since McDonough went down. Um, maybe he can get you some blocks in his 20 or 21 minutes here tonight.
2: Yep, I agree there. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by BetMGM, and we can get you an offer where you get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 and two months of Stochastic Platinum for free. All you got to do is sign up. You have to create a stochastic membership. You can do that for free. If you have one, just log in. Then you create a BetMGM account, deposit at least $10, depending on your risk tolerance for your free bet. You can go ten minimum 10, maximum 1,000, deposit, make your bet. Your bet must settle to qualify. Then you'll receive an email from BetMGM, not stochastic. The email will be from BetMGM with instructions for redeeming your two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Click the link in the description for more details and sign up. This is an excellent deal. Wouldn't wait because I've been told that it's going to go from two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum down to one, so take advantage of that now. Let's move on to the next game. We have the Detroit Red Wings with a 2.7 total. Heading into Florida, the Panthers have a 3.7 total. Alexander Barkov... Possibly back, maybe back, probably back. Uh, The coach is going to speak at 5 p.m. Eastern. Sounds like he's trending towards being in. I I don't know. That's just my interpretation of it. If that is the case, that top line, if it is Verhage, Barkov, Kachuk, I have a lot of interest in. These Red Wings lines don't do too much for me. I don't want to say I'm going to X them out completely. Maybe I have a little bit of the top line in MME, me, but in one to three, I think I'm going to take a pass on them.
3: Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that's kind of tough to say, um, what exactly to, that I really like or would like to do with Florida. Um, the coach said he's not going to speak. On his lineup until 5 o'clock Eastern, he'll talk to the media. So we won't know for two and a half hours um, exactly what's going on with Florida. And it's not only Barkov. um, Anton Lundell, they said there's a chance that he might be back for tonight's game as well. So they could get back both. I'd call them their top two centers. Whether you want to call Lundell the third-line center or whatever, um, that's up to you. Um, But the other thing we have to talk about is if Barkov comes back, he's been out, uh, I think they said, six games. Uh, with pneumonia, um, I don't know how NHL players would fare when returning from pneumonia. Um, it'd be a pure guess. Um, if people are scared about a player returning from that um, after a couple of weeks off and don't want to play him, um, perfectly acceptable. What I will say is that before he left the lineup, that top line for Aki, Barkov, Kachuk was, as you might say, Josh, Absolute nitrous when they were on the ice together over hundred minutes at five on five, 5.1 expected goals for per 60 minutes, 53 shots on goal per 60 minutes, 5.9 goals per 60 minutes. That's like a low grade power play every time that they're on the ice like almost six goals per, almost a goal every 10 minutes of five on five ice time shooting 11%. It's not like this is a line like Montreal one was earlier in the year shooting like 26% or something like that. 11% that's perfectly reasonable for a Barkov Kachuk Chuck line. So a really good spot um, for uh, that Detroit top or for that Florida top line, especially where they're probably going to see a fair bit of Perron, Larkin and Raymond. Um, the defensive numbers Not really that great, um, especially with Raymond there uh, for that line. Um, So um, I really do like that spot for Florida one here. Like they're not coming in with that much ownership, all things considered. Um, On DraftKings, we have them coming in around 13%. On FanDuel, uh, a lot lower than that um, because they are, you know, pretty expensive. If you do use the three of them, like they're $26,600 FanDuel. So we have them a lot lower on there, but, um, but the ownership very much in check on both sides for them. Um, I wonder how the power play is going to work out because before Barkov left the lineup, they were using Barkov, Kachuk, Reinhardt, and then Montour and Ekblad. Um, when Barkov left the lineup, um, they added Verhage um, to the top power play units. So in a dream world, um, with Barkov back, they leave Verhage there and boot Montour off. But I don't think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to leave uh, Montour and Ekblad on that top power play unit. So I imagine Verhage loses his power play status if Barkov's in the lineup. But it's that's kind of the trade-off that you get is like Verhage gets back um, the center that he's been so productive with over the last couple of years. He just loses his power play role. I mean, Detroit doesn't take a lot of penalties, to be honest, 2.8 times shorthanded per game. That's well below league average. League average is at about 3.3. Now the penalty kill itself has been on a little bit of a slide, but they don't take a lot uh, of penalties. So maybe, um, you know, Florida doesn't get a lot of opportunities. And Verhege gets some more five on five ice time as a result. But like if Barkov's in and you don't have any trepidation about um, him returning uh, from that illness, um, they're probably the best line on this slate. You know, Maybe Dallas. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, so I really do like for Hagee Barkov to chuck here. It's what to do with the rest of the lineup. Lundell and Reinhardt had been pretty good together. 2.7 expected goals for 2.0 actual goals. Uh, Reinhardt, top power play unit. Their problem this year has just been shooting percentages. Lundell and Reinhardt um, are shooting more than they were last year. Um, Reinhardt shooting more than he ever has in his career on a per minute basis. It's just that their shooting percentages are down across the board. If those can normalize the fantasy production, is just going to, you know, really take off here. So, you know, they are getting some ownership, but I think it's probably fine to do like a two man of Lundell and Reinhardt, um, you know, even Lundell and cousins or something like that. If, if you're worried about uh, the Florida power play, but the Florida power play was pretty good uh, with Montour Neckblad there, the double defense. So, Like, I don't have huge concerns about them. Really do like Florida one. Don't mind a two-man of Lundell uh, and Reinhardt either, uh, presuming that Lundell's in the lineup. On the other side, um, Perron, Larkin, and Raymond um, is a line that I do have a little bit of interest in. And the reason is this, is Florida's one of the most penalized teams in the league. 3.8 times shorthanded per game. And Detroit is above average in drawing power plays, 3.7 power play opportunities per game. Like Detroit could easily see four, maybe five power plays uh, in this game. And Larkin and Perron have been very good on the power play together. Um, That was one thing we talked about, um, you know, before the season started, when the season started is the impact Perron could have on the power play for Detroit. And he certainly has um, to this point, at least when they put them together, because they have been, moving the guys around the power play units a little bit, but Larkin's already up to nine power play points this year. He had 13 all of last season, right? Like the difference is very, very noticeable. Um, Florida penalty kill good, not super elite or anything, but probably going to be in net tonight um, after coming in for Spencer Knight in the last game, Knight getting shelled a little bit. So you get Brodsky, you might get a lot of power plays, not seeing a ton of Detroit ownership uh, in our top stacks tool either, coming at about eight percent. They're very reasonably priced, sixteen thousand two hundred on DK, more expensive on FanDuel, so they'll be lower owned. But I do like Detroit one as one of those mid price lines. If you want to dip down and do like a two man of like sunk fist uh, and cop or something like that, I think that's fine. Um, but it's Detroit one that I like more than anything on the Detroit side. And, you know, four to one, uh, maybe four to three if Lundell is back.
2: Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what the coach says at five o'clock. I don't know if he's going to even give lines, but I may. hopefully we get news on Barkov and Lundell that would change things if either one of them or both of them are out. So we'll have to wait and see at five o'clock what they say. Let's move to the blue line here. I like Ekblad. I also like Montour, but I prefer Ekblad. Um, I think Forsling is fine as well if you're not power play stacking, but like I'd rather just go to Ekblad in that situation. On the Detroit side, Chronic's fine with the top power play unit. It's probably about it. Like Olimata I guess is fine as a punt.
3: Yeah. Um, what I'll mention about Brandon Montour is Ekblad's been back in the lineup from his injury for about – it's been nearly a month now. It's about four weeks. Montour is only averaging 9.6 DraftKings points per game since Ekblad got back. Um, he's been losing uh, his peripherals quite a bit, and his price hasn't really taken that big of a dive yet. It has come down, but he's still more expensive than Ekblad um, on DraftKings, which just feels absolutely bonkers considering um, their history. Still 7500 on FanDuel. I think, Mon- I think, you know, if you want to play Montour to kind of get away from uh, Ekblad's ownership, uh, as he will be higher owned, then go ahead. But I think Ekblad um, overall is just the better play here. Um, yeah, on the Detroit side, uh, Hronik, don't mind him up for his price. The Detroit power play has been better with Hronik than Cedar, um, which is something that's probably important to note here. And obligatory, Jake Wallman mentioned.
2: Yep contractual obligation i don't mind him he's 2600 tonight when he gets up into the the low threes i don't want to play him but 2600 i'll take some stabs as we've mentioned this week we are still continuing this if you've never been a stochastic member you can get nhl for three days for free it's a risk-free trial and you get full access to everything that we have to offer in nhl projections ownership top stocks tools rankings Everything you need to have success at NHL DFS, you can join the community, you can give everything. We have a test drive to see if you like it, which you will, like, let's be honest, <laughs> you're going to like it and you can continue your membership after that, but you have a risk free trial for three days. So click the link in the description, sign up and enjoy your three free days. Let's get to uh, the chart boys, shall we? Winnipeg Jets with a 3.1 total heading into St. Louis. The Blues have a 2.9 Hellbuck probable. Tomas Grice confirmed the grease fire in that for the Blues. Blues going Shannon riley Levo, Kairu Thomas tarasenko That means Buchnevich is out again. Looks like Tori Krug also going to be out again tonight. Winnipeg running back. Graffiti, Shifley, Wheeler, and Connor Dubois, and Michael Essie. Flowchart here would say this is a fairly good matchup, so you probably should fade. But it's kind of a gray area because you know the O'Reilly line is pretty good defensively. Like the Blues are just like not great, but they have a fairly good roster, so. I'm getting error messages in the in the flow chart here. I think it's okay to play them. They're coming in, a, you know, their ownerships in check, and I think that's one of the factors when consulting the flow chart. If they're chalk in this kind of matchup, then you're like mm, probably should fade. But they're getting their ownerships in check, so I think it's fine to play them on the blue side. They're actually getting more ownership than the Jets here tonight, as Hellebuck just got confirmed. I don't mind going to the Thomas Tarasenko line. I also don't mind the Shen O'Reilly-Levo line.
3: Yeah. Um, the defense. Something to talk about here because you're right in a nutshell. O'Reilly and Levo have been pretty good defensively this year. Um, just the two of them together, 2.4 expected goals against. 3.0 actual goals against, but the, you know, thanks, Bennington. Uh <laughs> The issue is Braden Shen. Um, Braden Shen and Ryan O'Reilly had pretty bad defensive numbers together going back a couple years, and it's something that we've talked about on prior shows. Uh, when Shen was on the third line with Jordan Cairo, um, to pick against them because the defense was so bad, and I like, I, I, I do wonder if um, Shen's just kind of getting to the point. Um, where he's just more of like a power play specialist type that needs to be hidden down the lineup rather than be, be on the first line. But, um, Shen, um, I think will kind of drag that line down defensively, and that definitely works into Winnipeg one's favor. Um, Shifley, Wheeler, and Perfidi have been really, really good together, which is both surprising and not. I think Cole Perfidi is one of those players that, um, at least some fantasy hockey people I know, like they wanted to see him have a full healthy season this year. Uh, he got hurt last year. He was on the Winnipeg second line that um, really wasn't clicking most of the season. Remember they were rotating like, like Evgeny Svechnikov was there for like 50 games or something like that. Um, he's now with Mark Shifley and they've looked really good together in the games that I've watched um, just in their playmaking. The numbers bear that out 3.3 expected goals for, in nearly a hundred minutes together, 4.4 actual goals for uh, just a really, really good offensive numbers. Um, two out of those three guys are on the top power play unit as well. Shifley and Wheeler. Um, and as we talk about when St. Louis is on the show, uh, don't take a lot of penalties. One of the least penalized teams in the league, but probably the worst penalty kill in the NHL uh, with only Los Angeles really rivaling them. Um, it's a pretty, I think this is a, Pretty decent spot for Shifley, Wheeler, uh, and Perfidi. So that's the line um, that I'll look to here tonight. People want to go to Winnipeg too. Like, I just, I wouldn't say no. Um, Their numbers haven't been nearly as good um, offensively. I think it's still a fine matchup going into St. Louis too. St. Louis, that line typically has uh, bad defensive numbers as well. Um, You know, it could be a bad defensive top six for St. Louis here. Uh, So if you want to go Connor Dubois, that's fine. I was looking at Kyle Connor's numbers. He has eight shot attempts at five on five in his last five games. Like he has single games where he's had that many this season. And he only has eight in his last five. Like there's been a little bit of a downturn in his shooting um, ever since he joined uh, the Pierre-Luc Dubois line, which is a little bit of a concern because one of the reasons you do play Kyle Connors, because he typically puts up a lot of shot volume now I'm saying this as he's coming off a two-goal, 3.6-shot game. So, you know, he definitely can't get there, especially uh, in this power play spot, which is pretty good for Winnipeg. But I'll just take the line that's playing better, that'll probably play more minutes, Um, will you know will probably be on the ice at the end of the game. So I'll go Shifley, Wheeler, Perfidi here. On the St. Louis side, at these ownership rates, like it'd be Thomas... Tarasenko and Cairo I like. I have no interest in playing Ryan O'Reilly and Josh will and bring Shen at ten percent or whatever. Um, it would be Kairou, Tarasenko, and Thomas. Um, I think the Winnipeg second line would probably, probably will probably be better, a little bit better defensively without Blake Wheeler there. So it could be a sneaky tough matchup. And the Winnipeg power penalty kill itself has been really good. So if anything, St. Louis too. But honestly, I think I like the Winnipeg side more here, and uh, specifically their top line.
2: Yeah, always feels bad liking the Winnipeg Jets, but here we are. I do like that top line as well, especially Dusty old Blake Wheeler. Let's get to the blue line. Speaking of Dusty, Josh Morrissey, 6,200. Like you got, I guess, like you just got to drag him along if you're doing anything with the power play. Like you did mention that the Blues don't take many penalties, but their penalty kills so bad. Like. It's just so bad. So I think Morrissey's fine. It's really about it on that side. I guess you could punt Nate Schmidt. On the uh, blue side, without Tori Krug, I think Justin Falk is fine. Colton Pareco is fine. I'm not sure who gets a minute bump without Krug. Like, I guess it's one of Rose Rosen or Nico Mikola, but like, I, I'd rather just play Pareco at 3,700.
3: Yeah. Um, uh... If I'm not mistaken, none of them got a minutes bump in, in, in that Islanders game. There are like, even the the most used guys were at like 22, 23 minutes. Um, you know, they did blow out the Islanders, so maybe that was part of it. Um, Nico Mikola would be a guy that I think might see like 17 or 18 minutes, which is perfectly fine if you need somebody that's mid price. It is Pareko that I like the most on the blue side, which kind of feels bad to say. And I think highlights. Um, my desire to not play any St. Louis Blues defensemen in this game. What I'll say about Josh Morrissey is this. There's something called individual points percentage, and it's the rate at which a player gets a point when a goal is scored with him on the ice for his team. Josh Morrissey's individual points percentage this year is double what it was last year, and it's like 90% higher his three-year average. He already has as many even strength secondary assists this year as he did all of last year. That's where a lot of his value is coming from. And it's kind of a concern for me where St. Louis doesn't take a ton of penalties is like that regression is going to hit Morrissey pretty hard. Eventually. Like I think he's playable, but honestly I don't really like any of the Winnipeg defensemen here. I think like Pareko is probably the blue liner I like most in this game. Yeah.
2: Me too, which is me. So let's get to the last game of the night. We have the Ottawa Senators with a 2.8 total. Heading into Dallas, the Stars have a 3.8. Anton Forsberg probable, Jake Odinger confirmed. Uh, Ottawa running back the same top six. Dallas status quo as well. I mean, Dallas top line is just a juggernaut. They're actually not getting crazy ownership because they're the most expensive line in the night. They're currently projected for around 15, a little bit under 15% here. I think this is a good matchup. They've been playing 18 to 20 minutes, which is way better than, you know, the 15 to 16 to 17. They were last month. Dallas won game for me. Getting to the Senators is a, a is a, the more difficult question because they're coming in, both their top six coming in like 6 7%. I think – it would be, for me, I would target the line not seeing the Hintz-Pavelski-Robertson line.
3: Yeah, uh, since they moved Braddock Faxa with Tyler Sagan, they have been using that line as the shutdown line a little bit more at home. They played against the Matthews line when Toronto was in town. Um, so I think Robertson-Hintz-Pavelski is going to see um, quite a bit of the debrinkat batherson pinto line. Um, so I agree with you. I would probably go kachuk stutzler Giroux. Um, I did write them up in the Power Plays article. Uh, you know, a couple things they're not scoring, but they're generating a lot four and a half expected goals for in their last over the last three weeks for Ottawa's top line, but they're shooting 2.6%, which like if they shot three times that much, it would still be a low shooting percentage. So it just kind of shows what their upside is. If those shots do start going in and Dallas takes a lot of penalties, 3.8 times shorthanded per game this year, And Ottawa draws a lot of power plays, 3.7 power play opportunities per game. Like Ottawa is another one of those teams that could easily see four or five power plays in this game. It's one of the reasons why I wrote up uh, the the Ottawa top line. The other reason being uh, just such good leverage. We only have them at 6% ownership uh, on DK against 17% top two percentage uh, per our top stacks tool. Um, Numbers a little bit lower on FanDuel, 15% top two and 4% ownership. Um, But still very playable over on FanDuel. Brady Kachuk has 25 shots uh, in his last five games. He's been getting fewer minutes, but he's been shooting more. So I'll kind of, you know, I'll take that trade off. Um, Tim Stutzler has been playing 20 minutes a game. His uh, scoring chance generation numbers have just been really, really good this year. They'll get that Dallas second line. Um, That has been pretty high event most of the season. Maybe Radic Faxa calms that down a little bit. The sample still isn't very big. Um, But I don't think it's a bad matchup for Ottawa 1. So I don't think you have to get there in single entry. I think they're definitely playable in single entry. If you're playing like 20, 50, 150 lineups, they should absolutely be in your mix. Um, You know, just for the power play alone, Ottawa's not scoring much at 5-5. on But the power play has been really, really, really good this year. This specific top power play unit that they're using. So I do like Ottawa 1. Uh, on the Dallas side, like I mean, what do you what do you say? They have arguably the best top line uh, in hockey. Coming, they're coming off a shutout. Um, I wrote up Jason Robertson in the picks article. Like I said, they'll probably go up against the Ottawa second line. The Ottawa second line three expected goals against over their last three weeks. Not very good defensively. Um, Ottawa also takes a lot of penalties, uh, and their penalty kill not. Awful, but not great either. And it's not a it's a good power play spot for both sides here. So uh it's both top lines that I like the best. Um if you want to dip all the way down to like a two-man of like Ben Delandria or Ben Johnston uh on the Dallas side, I think that's fine. Um, uh, but it is the top lines I like the most here.
2: Yep, agreed. Who are you liking in uh oh, let's get to the blue line real quick, real quickly? I think it's Chabot or Haskin and the power play guys. I prefer Chabot as a one off. Haskin is fine as well. Uh, Niels Lundquist up to the top pair at 2,800. I think that's fine. Esselindel, still the guy I'm looking at for punts. It's probably going to be Travis Hammannick on the Ottawa side.
3: Yeah, I worry about ice time because Zaitsev and Holden actually played more than Hammannick in the last game. Um, so if you need a full mid punt, I guess uh, Nick Holden is fine. Um, but I do like Chabot, wrote him up in the picks article. Um, like I said, pretty good power play spot for him. Um, he's been playing like 26 minutes a game. So, uh, peripherals definitely in play for Shabbat as well. Do like him. Uh, f- for a cheap guy, I think it's probably Essa Lindell. Ottawa has actually been shooting a lot uh, of late, and it brings uh, that block bonus in play for Essa Lindell uh, for DraftKings players.
2: Yeah. I agree there. Who do you like in net? Like, there's nothing really jumping off the page for me here.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, as even though I just said I do like the Ottawa top line, like I also said, they are shooting a lot, so I do like Jake Ottinger um, in this game. I'm pretty sure he leads our projections uh, as well. I know he's uh, pretty expensive, 8,300 uh, over on DK, so you have to pay up if you're playing there, but he's only 7,600 on FanDuel, so I think he's arguably the best FanDuel play. off super cheap on FanDuel. I think you know he's 6,500, 6,700 or whatever it is, so off on FanDuel. Connor Hellebuck in play uh, on DraftKings for me, where he's a lot cheaper than he is on FanDuel. Uh, if you're looking for a really, really cheap goalie, I mean, I guess we'll see uh, who De- Detroit decides to confirm. Um, if it's Billy Huso, I don't mind Billy Huso going into Florida. Florida will probably be shooting a lot, especially at Barkov's back. So don't mind Huso if you need a really cheap DK
2: goalie. Yeah, I agree there. I don't really have much to add there other than – like. I guess people are going to play Soros at 7K. I just have shot-line concerns because Tampa so efficient usually. So That's all I'll add. Who are you looking for your hat trick pick?
3: Uh, talked about him right off the top. Put him in the picks article. Hopefully he can do some damage and get against our Los Angeles Kings tonight. Going with John Tavares.
2: I'm, I don't know. I've been going off the board recently. I'm still going to do it. I'm going Nick Paul.
3: Ooh, I like it. Getting spicy yeah. with the bolts.
2: Yeah, a little, little spice. So – right. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow for a 10-gamer, which is is, uh, quite a Friday. Join us for a 10-gamer on Friday. Um, If you're in that new $5, join it. If you're not in it, join it. If you're in it, join it. Um, Fill it up so we can continue that. Um, So we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you to BetMGM. Sign up. Click the link in the description. Good luck, everybody.
3: Good luck, everyone.
1: no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
0: did you miss your deadline to renew your medicaid coverage you can still send your completed annual review form to healthy connections medicaid you may be assigned to another health plan but you can ask to come back to first choice within 60 days of renewed medicaid eligibility it's your family it's your choice first choice is the right choice renew and choose us Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more.